Welcome to Rise Resolute. If you are open to being inspired by gritty women who have pushed through difficulties and finding motivation in the way we are all connected, this podcast is for you. It is my pleasure to have Elizabeth Treader on the program today. She is a runner. She is a patent prosecutor by day and at sweat a little glitter by night. She's a group fitness instructor with Equinox Gyms in New York City, and she's also a mom of three. So I'm very excited to have you on the program today. Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you, Gina. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to speak with you. Absolutely. Well, great. Um, if you would start off, Elizabeth, by giving the listeners a little background on you and where you came from. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm an avid runner. Um, I'm a mom of three. Um, I, um, I'm a patent prosecutor by day, and I have a, a pretty fun and inspirational uh, fitness uh, uh, Instagram account called Sweat a Little Glitter. Um, and then recently I also started teaching group fitness classes with uh, Equinox Gyms. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I do. <laughs> awesome. And I have to mention too that you just ran the New York uh, City Marathon this past weekend. So congratulations. I did, Sunday. Thank you so much. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, That's so awesome. Well, great. So before we jump into the interview, I am going to share a quote that Elizabeth and I decided on for the episode today. And the quote is this, my gritty listeners, be afraid and do it anyway. So we're going to hear how that quote applies to Elizabeth's life and her journey, which I'm really excited about. Um, so let's jump right in, Elizabeth, and if you would share some of the struggles that you faced in your life um, and in your running career. So I would say the biggest um, struggle, struggle or challenge, um, I'd say that the first one, the biggest one that stands out is coming to United States from Ukraine. When I was 17 years old, my parents um, decided that they need to immigrate from Ukraine, and they brought me to the United States. I, uh, being a teenager at the time, I obviously rebelled against that idea. It took me a while to understand and to wrap my uh, mind around the fact that my parents are bringing me here for a chance of better, a better life and uh, wanted to give me a, a lot of opportunities to sort of invent and create myself. And now I'm finally understanding, you know, why I'm here and what my purpose is. And the second, I'd say the biggest sort of uh, instance when I was afraid, but I did something anyway, is later in life, and I'm 42 years old now, I decided that I wanted to become a fitness instructor. And uh, working out is something... uh, is something that I've been very passionate about. And I've been toying with the idea of teaching uh, group fitness classes, but I was honestly just afraid to accept to myself that I could stand in front of people and lead and co-teach and teach a class. And last November, I sat down with my mentor, my fitness mentor, his name is uh, Jaron Lyles. And I said, Jaron, I think I want to start teaching. And he looked at me and he started laughing. And I said, I know, it's just a crazy idea. And I said, I can't even believe I voiced it. And I, I, I said, I know, you're, you know, it's just never going to work out. And he looked at me and he said, Elizabeth, eight years ago when you walked into my fitness studio and you started taking my first class, I looked at you and I said, this girl needs to stand up here and teach. And he said, I'm laughing because it took you eight years to get to something that I already knew about you. So um, Equinox gyms are prominent gyms in New York City, and you need to audition. The audition uh, process was probably the most intimidating process that I've ever had to go through. And it's something that I had a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, but something that I also worked very hard towards. And 
yeah, so it kind of, I was afraid, but I did it anyway. And I qualified and I'm teaching now two different formats. I teach uh, two high intensity classes and I have a lot of following and I have people who faithfully follow me from gym to gym and they take my classes and they love it. And the only regret that I have now is that I didn't start earlier, that I was so afraid that I didn't start years ago. Yeah, so, I think that's unreal that's that he felt like he saw that in your eight years prior to you actually doing yep. it, you know? It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, and I want to go back to um, coming to the U.S. from the Ukraine because I think something that you said there um, is poignant as well. And you said that it was hard to see the opportunities that your parents were trying to give you. And I think that that's really relevant for a lot of us. You know, sometimes it's hard to see in the midst of a struggle or a challenge that the opportunities that are really presented to us in those times. Um, and so I think that that's really interesting how it's sort of fast forward now and, you know, in your regular everyday life, it was, again, it was hard to see the opportunities that might present themselves as an, a group fitness instructor. And um, it took you a long time to, to um, beat your fear and decide to, you know, uh, undertake that endeavor. I think it's so awesome that you're doing it and that you have a great following, Elizabeth. Very, very cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So along those lines, um, as you were going through the process of uh, moving to the United States and, you know, throughout your life as you've kind of grown and um, I'm certain I'm certain you've faced other challenges as well. Do you feel like, Elizabeth, that you had the strength within you or was it something that you had to work and really try to develop as you were going through your life's journey? So I think the inner strength and the, the the confidence is something that you develop over time. I don't know that anybody is born, and it's I don't think that it's an innate sort of quality. It's not something that can be genetically sort of pre-programmed, and you know, not you know, you're not born with just like, oh, okay, I'm strong, I can do this. Right. It's something that you develop over time. So I think going through the immigration process later in life and being a teenager, being brought to this country, sort of, you know, I don't want to say against my will, but it's not something that I was excited about. Right. And I think what I was afraid of after I came here is this realization is that I have to learn another language. I spoke two languages prior to coming. I need to learn a third language. I may need to work a lot harder than my peers at getting good grades. I may need to get a second job to supplement my parents' income because they're still not working. So in it, my initial reaction was, oh, my God, this is challenging, and I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid. And just by doing and going through the motions, because you had no choice, right? So you're facing all the obstacles. You're doing things, you know, because you're afraid, but you have to do it anyway. Build that character, build that inner strength that then I sort of carry through my life for many, many more years to come. Because the next obstacle I faced, I tell myself, this is not a big deal. You learned another language. You have a degree. Now you're going to go to graduate school. I finished with graduate school. Then I decided, you know, that I want to do patent law. And I was, I actually was a biomedical engineer by training. And then I decided that I wanted to study patent law. So you sort of, inner strength, you, it's a layer upon layer upon layer. What my parents gave me is a strong foundation. And everything else was sort of that I've built upon that is through going, you know, by going through life. I love this. I love the layers that you, you know, you're talking about with developing the strength. And it's so interesting because one of the, the quotes that we 
we also discussed before we started the podcast interview today, um, what also really relates to what you're talking about. And that quote is that strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things that you thought that you couldn't do. And it really relates to what you're saying. I mean, in these, this is the thing, if we embrace these struggles and we really try to realize what a great opportunity is to learn and grow and develop a new kind of strength with each struggle we face, um, it can be empowering and uplifting in a way, um, even though the struggle itself, of course, is not fun sometimes. So I love that. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. And even I was just thinking about um, something that happened at work today before we spoke. Um, Somebody asked me a question and she said, oh, well, how do you know that? And I said, that's because I failed at this about a (laughs) hundred times. And I said, you know, just because I do it so seamlessly and I've been practicing for the past 17 years, I said, it doesn't mean that I've never failed. I said, you become this good at anything by going through multiple, you know, trials and stipulations and multiple failures. And yes, so, yeah. I think that's great, too. I also love that quote, with, you know, that says, try again, fail again and fail better. And it's a great one yep. because, you know, you do learn something from every failure. Um, and so, yeah, that's really powerful as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you ultimately were able to rise. Um, Were there people, Elizabeth, who helped you along the way? Or do you remember something specific that someone said to you that was very powerful as you were going through, um, you know, races or your life's journey? Yep. So the most, you know, the most significant event just happened. And I ran the New York City Marathon on Sunday, just a few days ago. Um, And uh, this was my second time running New York City, which is known to be one of the tougher marathon courses due to its profile. It has five bridges and uh, a lot of elevation. And I consider myself an average runner. I've been working with a running coach uh, this year. And I, my goal was to run it well. And when I got a running coach, she started looking at my, you know, the way I race and all of my times. And she called me and she said one day, she said, Elizabeth, I think you have a shot at qualifying for Boston, running a qualifying time to run the Boston Marathon. And I said to her, I said, I said, I said, Amy, I think every athlete's confused. (laughs) And she said, no, I am telling you, you can, and you will, you just have to believe yourself. And so it's something that I've sort of carried with me through the remainder of the training sessions. I've trained for the New York City for 16 weeks. And something happened during the marathon where I've, I mean, I had a fantastic race for the first 20 miles and I kind of started falling apart during the last six. And it was Amy's voice that resonated in me when she said, you can and you will, you have to believe in yourself. And it sort of became my mantra that, and something that I, I recited for the last six miles of the marathon. And I did meet the, you know, the qualifying time for Boston and, I had a significant PR. It was a huge breakthrough race for me. I beat my previous time by 44 minutes. Wow. But it wouldn't be, yeah, (laughs) it wouldn't be, um, I I don't know that I could have achieved it on my own and without having a very strong female coach behind me telling me that, yes, I can, and that she already believes in me, and I need to dig deep and find the belief in myself. 
So I think that's, that's so awesome. I mean, this is the most significant and the most recent thing that sort of I will remember for the rest of my life. Wow, very cool. Congratulations on that again. I mean, Thank that's just you. incredible. And I really like how you talk about too, you you really recognize that maybe you couldn't have done this on your own and how important it is to have mentors in our lives or coaches or friends or family, someone who believes in you and helps you along um, along the way and how powerful that can be and how life-changing it can be. Um, Absolutely. You know, to it always takes a village. Any, any monumental event, any significant events in our lives, I believe that there is a village of people and especially women and cheerleaders and people who believe in you even before you start believing in yourself telling you that you can. Um, I, I don't think that I can name any one significant event that happened to me, whether it's getting a job or training or running a marathon or successfully completing a training cycle or a race where I would say, yeah, I, I kind of just woke up and I did that. No, there were physical therapists, there were massage therapists, there were coaches, there were just tons of people backing me and telling me that I can do things. So yeah, it's always a village, yeah. always a village. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, the uh, other important piece in that too is remembering that we have to allow our vid- village to help us. And what yeah. I mean by that is that we have to open ourselves up and ask for help when we need it. And um, I think that it's important to remember that we we aren't supposed to do this this alone, this thing called life. And, um, and so accessing that, that support system is really important. Um, wonderful. Okay. Now let's move on. Um, wondering if there's anything that you wish that you would have known at the time, um, as you were going through, you know, struggles with getting through a really difficult race or, you know, before you came to the U S and found out that there were so many opportunities, are there, is there anything that you could have, that if you had known it, Elizabeth, it would have eased the burden a little bit? Um, I think learning the language prior to coming here would have helped me. It would have sort of um, gave me that edge and an ease of uh, assimilating and going to college. I, I didn't speak the language when I came here, so I needed to. I had a, It was a minor setback in my education. I had to go to community college, study English, and then I went to college. And then instead of having a four-year, you know, a luxury of completing a bachelor's degree in four years, I had to do it in three, just, you know, for financial reasons, because I didn't want my parents to be burdened with, you know, with the loans and because I wanted to graduate a lot quicker so I can get the job so I can help my parents so I wouldn't be a burden to them. Um, Right. um, Right. So that's, I think that that's, um, first of all, it's poignantly, um, you know, a great piece of advice for anyone who is thinking about pursuing a dream of moving to a different country um, or maybe is moving with their family to, you know, how important it is to be prepared and, and, you know, learn the language. And that's really good advice because that's not something that I would know. Um, But also I think it relates to our everyday life as well. As much as we're able to prepare ourselves to really take the time to prepare and, um, you know, that that can really help us in the midst of struggle um, if we can do the legwork. Um, beforehand? Well, I think in any, entering any situation or anything that's unknown to you, I think doing the legwork and setting yourself for success is a key. So I think what that to me now is that I am never unprepared. I, I always come prepared. You, you know, I schedule a meeting, I will be ready. I'm going to read up about the person. Or I'm going to read up about whatever it is that I'm discussing. So that sort of, um, cued me up for the rest of my life to say, I, I never want to walk into the situation feeling lost. So now, you know, everyone around me counts that I will be prepared. I enter a new training cycle. You can bet your money on the fact that I'm going to show up and every workout 
on the track, whether it's t- track work or tempo, anything that I'm doing will be pre-programmed in my watch, and I will know it by heart, and I will pace you. So this, you know, whatever I didn't know then, I've learned my lesson, and I'm carrying it now through life. I so, love that. Yeah, yeah I really like Set yourself like this up for piece. success. Yeah, I like this piece about being prepared. We haven't really talked about much much about it before on the podcast, but I think that it, you know, when we when we prepare ourselves, it, it just makes such a big difference. And really, kind of thinking ahead, um, I, I really like that that you never show up anywhere unprepared. That's pretty awesome. Um, and you know, the next question is is really how your challenges prepared you for similar challenges in life. But I think you just answered that because you know right. you've kind of told us how you no longer ever want to go into a situation where you feel lost. Um, and so you do yeah. your very best for, to prepare yourself. But um, I know you also said, uh, talked a little bit about how um, marathon training makes you feel so alive and powerful. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, you know, New York City running scene is amazing. It embraces you. Um, there are so many running crews, but there are also um, a lot of people are competitive, and I, I'm one of the people, I, I personally strive off of the, I love the competition. I love that edge. I love the chase. Um, I love chasing my goals. And when I entered the, the, you know, the running scene in New York City, I was a little bit lost myself. I wasn't particularly a fast runner, uh, but I feed off a, a lot of, you know, off, off of the environment that I'm in. And I... I trained for my first uh, New York City Marathon with Team for Kids. I wanted to give back. I have three kids myself, and I wanted to fundraise money for the inner city youth. And I, cre- I entered this amazing environment for a lot, you know, a lot of supportive, very supportive people. And then my second training cycle for New York City Marathon, I was selected uh, to run and train with 350 athletes for Project Moonshot, which was powered by Nike. And the difference in environment was very different. This was an edgy, competitive, amazing group of driven athletes. And it required me to step my game up on so many levels. And training for a marathon is a brutal 16-week endeavor. It's a journey. And I always say that, you know, when you train for the marathon, you're performing an open-heart surgery on yourself. Every dark corner of yourself comes to life, right? I mean, you are, you know, we trained in the summer in the heat. You're exhausted. You're tired. I work full time. I teach, you know, classes in the morning. I'm not always, you know, in, in, I'm not always in my best shape. I'm not, you know, I'm tired. I, I get home and I have to take care of the kids. Um, marathon training requires a hundred percent of you and you are required to show up. And I love that. I love the demands of the training that were put on me. I think I came out a stronger and a better version of myself after going through that. So leveling up that was required of me will only, I hope, will serve me for the rest of my life. Yes. I, so, I think yes. So and I'm actually awesome. excited to embrace the next training cycle for the marathon. I mean, it's, it's crazy that it was over just three days ago and I'm already looking for another marathon. She's ready. Up, so. She's ready. I think that <laughs> I really like that when you talked about how um, the training required you to step your game up. And I think, you know, even when we're facing these challenges, um, even though it might seem difficult and we might, you know, we want to give up, but instead really digging into that opportunity to step up our game, to learn, to be gritty and to get through. I, I think that is such awesome some stuff. And clearly that's what happened for you as you were kind of going through these different, um, training programs and races. It's very cool. Um, 
So Elizabeth, we're going to wrap up now. If you have any words of encouragement that you might want to offer other women who are training for marathons or who are going through their own marathons in their life um, and any kind of struggle. So beyond marathons and fitness, I just wanted to address one thing, um, being a mom and how that plays into, you know, everything that I do. I'm always striving to achieve balance, you know, between a family life and my kids and my work and my training and my fitness journey. And balance is such a difficult thing to achieve. There's no such, I mean, on some days I feel like I'm a great mom, but I'm, you know, not 100% present at work. On other days, I'm just absolutely killing it at the office, but I'm missing a meeting at school. So I think that when we step back, take a step back, and we stop beating ourselves up for being perfect 100% at a time, all the time, in every area of our life, I think our life becomes better. So I think being a little bit gentler and exercising the same sympathy that we would extend to other people, to ourselves, would make it such a, you know, just a more enjoyable journey for us women. And another thing that I wanted to say is I have a lot of friends who say, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're doing all these things. Like, how are you doing this? And, you know, well, I just want to be a mom to my kids. And I feel guilty 99% of the time. But I also feel that I am setting such a strong example to my two daughters and a son that all of this is worth it. They love seeing me race. They love coming out and cheering for me. And I want my girls to be as strong of a person when they grow up as I am, as you know, the person that I've evolved and be- became over the over the years. I want my daughters to be like that, and I want my son to look for the same qualities in the women he's he's going to date or you know in the person he's going to be with. So I think that just. Developing yourself, we should never feel guilty about investing time into ourselves and developing ourselves. And I think our kids will catch up and they will appreciate us later in life if they don't already appreciate us now. I think that's so powerful. In fact, it totally just like struck a chord for me because people Mm -hmm. say this to me all the time too. You know, how are you doing all of these things? Um, You know, be it running and and working as a physical therapist and doing a podcast. And you're a mom, And I'm a mom of four. Um, Yes, amazing. (laughs) And it's, I, I, I get the same thing all the time and there is a lot of guilt that's associated, but I just, I love that you say, you know, you're just setting this example of strength for your children. And do I want my kids to go out and constantly see growth to pursue greatness to live big and love hard and be bold with their lives yes I do um, absolutely and so you just had me tearing up with that one so thank you <laughs> um, <Great>. <laughs> <laughs> um, very powerful advice well awesome I know you said you have a great following on Instagram so I'm sure many of our listeners would be very inspired by following you as well can you Elizabeth please tell them exactly how to follow you on Instagram uh, yes, I am sweat a little glitter and, uh, yep, just use the, the at sign and it's sweat a little glitter and you'll find me that way. So awesome. Thank pretty you identifiable. so much. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that we had you on the podcast today and um, thank bef- you for having me. Absolutely. And before we leave, I want to leave our listeners with a little piece, um, of advice from the podcast and it's this, um, listen to Elizabeth. First of all, be gentle on yourselves. Um, be gentle as you're going through these struggles. But in the, in the same breath, be afraid and get out there and do it anyway. Because like Elizabeth said, you can and you will. Connected, we can rise. <laughs>